Welcome to Reading Literature in the Age of Trump. My name is Emma, and today we're joined by Casey, Remy, Grace, and Chuck. Today we're talking about Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance. Described as a memoir of a family and culture in crisis, this work dives into the decline of the hillbilly, specifically those rooted in Appalachia Mountains, while also illustrates JD's personal story of upward socioeconomic movement. I guess we love an underdog tale, you know? <laughs> so of course watching this guy Vance go from Kentucky hillbilly to Yale elite is worth a read. First I'd like to hear from Remy. Um, please explain the main message or theme of the book. So the thing about the theme of this book is that there's sort of two layers to it. Uh, Vance is kind of clearly trying to project the idea that like this is about a hard-working people who've become disenfranchised and like their particular struggles and how how much of that is rooted in their own culture but there's also more of a layer to it that sort of is pandering to a demographic that doesn't really need the same kind of help that he's implying it does one theme that I have, one theme that I got from this book is that fans is painting himself in a hero's perspective, someone who triumphed over this evil that is the hillbilly culture that is putting him down. He also paints the the entire memoir in an insider-outsider perspective, which I find very interesting. Um, I found another theme in the book I thought was pretty prevalent was uh, that the environment in which you're raised has a major impact on where you go in life and it can take, at least from JD's point of view, it takes impeccable work ethic to overcome um, circumstances you're born into. Yeah, and it seems like it's definitely an issue of overcoming it, maybe leaving, finding your own path, or just succumbing to it. Mm-hmm. And that has a lot to do with like what Chuck said about the insider-outsider thing, where JD is trying to be part of this insider culture, but at the same time, he's very much not the quintessential version that he's trying to portray himself as. He is an outsider in, this own, in his own culture. Right. I wrote down um, a little later in the book, he says, what separates the successful from the unsuccessful are the expectations that they had for their own lives. So I think that somewhat makes him an outsider, that he doesn't have the same expectations that a lot of the other hillbilly culture might have. And higher ones, right? Mm-hmm. Just to clarify. Yeah, yeah higher, higher expectations. expectations. Guy goes to Yale, doesn't have low ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Another issue I thought was just um, the decline almost feels like natural selection. It's like you rise above it, like as in regards to like social natural selection. Like um, there was that one like guy, Andrew Carnegie or something. He wrote a book about something like that. And it's like you either rise above it in regards to like social culture, or you just don't. I mean, Very like in terms of like social natural selection, which very interesting way to phrase that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think part of like the idea of that natural selection thing is that. These people are like complaining about not having the help they need, but at the same time, a lot of them are very anti-government, and they don't really offer an alternative to like where are they supposed to get the help they need because they know they need it. They just 
don't want it from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there any themes or messages that stood out to you, Casey? Um, let me look at my notes here. I guess one thing I wanted to touch on is uh, as much as he's trying to like represent this broad narrative through the memoir, he's also like we've kind of mentioned like trying to figure out his place in that narrative. Um, and he goes back and forth with these questions and this push and pull and like never really answers them. But there's a place kind of right in the middle of the book where he does uh, answer that question. Um, and I'll open up to it. But he kind of basically says that it's this really broad, open-end answer, and uh, which is kind of the same thing for a lot of stories like this. Um, he kind of goes like, why didn't our neighbor leave that abusive man? Why did she spend her money on drugs? Um, and so on and so forth. And then he's like, I'd come to find later that the answer is a lot larger than that. Our elegy is a sociological one, yes, but it's also about psychology, community, and culture, and faith. And I'm like, yeah, just about everybody else's story <laughs> is narrative. But yeah, we see those ingredients in a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for sure. Well, yeah, very interesting message and themes in this book. Certainly worth a read. But um, do you guys recall any important scenes or moments in the book? And if so, why are they significant to telling this tale? One of the important scenes in the book to me is the part when Fans joins the Marine because to me that is the turning point of his life and it's the point where I realized that the book is a hero story similar to those of hero fictions. It, it paints him as this poor kid going to Marine and finally getting the good life that he deserves. He put in the hard work, all the efforts, and it pays off. He goes to Yale, goes to law school, and finally have a successful life. Yeah. I, I was going to say I agree with that, and I think he mentions that when he comes back um, to live with Mama for a bit after the Marines, that that's the happiest time of his life because he finally feels like he's risen above his roots, basically. I think it's really interesting that you guys like see that particular sequence as like this is the definitive like moment that makes this a hero narrative because I didn't really see it the same way. Like I definitely marked it as a turning point in his life and it definitely like, fundamentally changed him. But the way he describes the military, he uses a lot of like words and phrases that indicate like it's like soul crushing and it stamps out all of like his individual personality and it removes a lot of his culture. It's the thing he brings up is that it removes a lot of his personal culture. Like he talks about how he can't go back to like eating things that he used to like or whatnot because the military so ingrained him in this new form of culture. And I thought it was really interesting that this is the turning point in the book because the whole thing is a struggle about like his culture versus other culture and the fact that he sees the military as this such a invigorating like force for him while also still trying to say like, well, no, I'm still part of a culture before the military, but he's also saying, but it's the military stamped it all out of me. Mm. I, I feel like that contrast was unusual. And, I have I have some similar thoughts, Remy. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. The uh, especially too with the ending of the book, it wasn't really as much of a satisfying conclusion to me as I was kind of hoping for. But um, kind of in the in the very last few pages, he um, 
mentions these dreams he had all throughout his life of like him being chased by a monster and like running for his mother and his grandmother and they get away and then he gets caught by the monster right before he wakes up and then that dream kind of goes away for several years and then once he has a successful new life um it's not really happening and then it comes up in like the last couple pages that uh that dream reoccurs but now he's the monster and he's chasing his dog that he has at home with his wife and um he the kind of moment he wakes up to and ends the book with is the fact that it was him that was chasing his dog and it was no longer this like traumatizing dream that probably has some kind of Freudian explanation <laughs> that I can't put a finger on um but that was like the big moment for him that like he woke up and he's like okay hey, like now I'm here in my home with my wife this like simple life um but it kind of brought up this lack of a compromise of like his roots and his new life it was kind of just choosing that to me at least um this new life completely over what he was coming from i love that you called it a simple life because he very much phrases it like that yeah but he's also a yale grad exactly. mm -hmm. and that's the opposite of simple mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's interesting because you grow up where you're from but you're able to choose your own new home once you become an adult um, and it's really interesting that he chooses that and whether he is content with that or not, that's totally up for discussion. Um, there are a lot of cool moments in this book. One of my favorites, if we're going to talk about like favorite parts, is um, when the grandma sets the grandpa on fire. Um, <laughs> it just kind of speaks about how crazy this community that he grew up with is. Um, thinking about someone that's like a Yale elite, that's a really big difference, like social-wise. Mm -hmm. And I guess like in this book, um, social capital and stuff like that is a big discussion. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting to see that change and what he learns in that way. Yeah, I believe he even says like a list of things he learned when he got to Yale was all just social things. It wasn't really... Right, like, he doesn't really talk about his actual education. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. more about what he learned socially. Mm-hmm. I love that you brought up the like the getting like setting her husband on fire thing. <laughs> it's the best part. Yeah, because that that scene I f I felt that scene like real strongly, <laughs> for a lot of reasons. But f uh, I really like that for all that it's a really crazy scene. It is kind of about like Mama taking agency in this like abusive relationship, which is like really interesting because like they J D talks about growing up like oh like hillbillies we love our moms and we love our sisters and mm -hmm. it's just so significant. But then he turns around a couple chapters later and he's like yeah but the moment like my like Papa became part of the family, all of Mama's brothers suddenly didn't want to deal with the fact that he was actually like abusing her anymore. Now we're not going to actually pay any attention to like our sister not being treated well by men now it doesn't matter so i thought that scene was like mama taking agency and like the kind of like the only way she had because her family for all like their moral values suddenly were not like living up to that right it's kind of like they say that they really value family but then they also show actions that kind of contradict that you know Mm -hmm. Like abusing, been, being abusive to one another, speaking the way they do. Just seems like kind of the whole theme of the book, mm -hmm. quite frankly. <laughs> Contradictory. Yeah. So marine, self-agency, I feel like those are all very significant moments of the book. So that's awesome. Um, overall, what did you guys like or dislike? I like the book. I feel like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I was saying a lot of not too great things, but 
I did really enjoy the narrative and uh, it kind of in a, a personal way, but um, not to relate to some of the social or political views that Vance has, but um, it is kind of cool to see a narrative like that, but um, oh yeah, I'm going to veer back right into the dislikes. It's not exactly a new narrative. Though. <laughs> no. no. Well, yeah, classic memoir, you know? Mm-hmm. You, this you're reading about J.D. Vance and his struggle and plight, you know? Um, but personally, a big thing that, dis- that I disliked about the book personally, it just rubbed me the wrong way, was um, this discussion where they talk about how the hillbillies and such would talk about how hardworking they are, but they don't really work. And that just irks me to the core of my being because like, I've just worked since I was 16. Like, I've had those roommates that like don't pay rent and then they're like, oh, like, oh, I was so busy, like, I couldn't do it, and stuff like that. And they have all these excuses when they don't even work or have a job. You're like, you right. know Yeah, <laughs> I yell it at them. And it just, it's something that irks me to the core. So, like, it's the culture of, uh, like, wanting to say you're working hard but not doing anything and then complaining when you don't have, you won't have anything because no. you haven't done anything to work for it. Ignorance is bliss, huh? (laughs) It's clearly a well-written narrative. Like, he's clearly, like, educated. He knows what he's writing and he knows how to do it. And, like, as a narrative, it's, like, definitely an important one to have because it's a mindset that's very important to understand. But, like, the more you delve into the book and that you delve into, like, the cognitive dissonance behind the book, Mm -hmm. the more it just seems like a very hypocritical story, Mm -hmm. which is what really bothered me, particularly because, like, he talks about, like, oh, like, I'm not homophobic and I'm not racist and I'm not sexist, and he has all these, like, caveats. But then he, like, doesn't, like, ever address any of the issues Mm -hmm. that, like, people of color face in his neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. He literally, like, flat out ignores all of, like, the issues with, like, the abuse of women in this culture because like for all they talk about being really like pro like women they're very abusive to the women in this culture and then he has like that whole section that's it startled me it actively startled me because like the last chapter of the book where he very casually is suddenly like oh yeah and i was terrified of being thought of as gay because that's bad and i was like where did that come from you didn't need to put that in the book like it came out of nowhere and like the whole like, hypocrisy of the argument just really bothered me. Like, it's a well-made argument, but it's not a very thoughtful one, yeah. like, is what I came away from it with. Yeah, that also bothered me as well, because if you look at the book one chapter at a time, they are perfect, perfect narrative, perfect story, perfect life, but when you look at the book as a whole, it doesn't add up. You're contradicting <laughs> yeah. every single aspect of yourself. What you're saying, everything you said is being contradicted by yourself in the future. Like, this does not make sense. I know you're talking about Jack. I think, I think one thing that really speaks to a lot of these things overall is that he might have just written a memoir a little too early. I mean, he mentions it in the beginning, too. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's, that, it's funny that he acknowledges it but does it really come to any of those revelations? It's never too late, but is it too early? <laughs> that is a question. There's going to be a second one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's really interesting. I know we talked about Marines, and they now have, like, Trump has kind of a targeted supporting of, like, white middle-class workers. Do you feel like maybe it helps us understand this kind of false sense of patriotism, like being a Trump supporter in this time? I mean, definitely. They they talk about the idea of, like, this really interesting dynamic where a lot of them are conservative, but, like, even JD talks about, like, oh, like, 
even like the Democrats in my family, we love we loved Reagan and we loved Trump. And I think that's a very interesting dynamic that they Reagan and Trump are the two ones they picked out. First of all, because these are both celebrity personalities and they're really rich celebrity personalities. So when they talk about the contrast of like Obama, they're like, oh, but he's not professional looking and like he comes from this like rich background. And it's like, where do you think Trump came from? Like he's literally a celebrity TV show host. Like I thought that like that kind of like uh, duality was a really interesting like like my in, like insight into this particular mindset very interesting i don't care enough about <laughs> government to know about what kind of support trump has but i know that but coming from this book i would think that they're all hillbillies working poor they want help they support a guy that would like get them help but they don't really want help. They just want to make a show of it to show that they care about something that isn't about themselves. Sorry, I'm gonna add to that if I can. There's a point, uh, I just found this, it says, there's a cultural movement in the white working class to blame problems on society or the government and that movement gains adherence by the day. And I feel like, um, I guess this is more of a theme, but I feel like that's big because they uh, they call themselves Republicans or if they want to call themselves Republicans but they're still they're still blaming the government while trying to support it so it's kind of just again contradictory like mm -hmm. I feel like they don't know what they think Incredibly. Yeah. I kind of going back to what you said uh, Jack I think um, I kind of disagree and agree with what you were saying um, but one of the one of the big things seems that what Vance is trying to do is is bring up that there's this background in a quote-unquote hillbilly culture um, that is he doesn't blatantly say it but like this is like kind of the Trump supporters memoir um, but to say that they're like not all hill hillbillies like there's su successful white working class like educated people that are supporting Trump and I think that's why people were big fans of this book when it came out during his election. Yeah, I know to me it was really interesting overall. Um, it's quite the read. Um, maybe you'll make sense of the Trump era, maybe you won't. Um, I know personally there was one line where he talks about how they just wanted to like disrupt the system or something. Uh. That was something that really stuck out to me. Maybe it was just one hell of a disruption. <laughs> maybe it wasn't, you know, but that's what this is for, it's all this academia stuff is for, to just try to make sense of it all, have our own opinions. Um, but yeah, thank you for this awesome discussion, guys. Absolutely. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, Remy. Thank you, Chop. Thank you, Grace. I loved my time here. Thank you, Emma. Um, thank <laughs> you. For moderating. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, you know, if you want to try to make sense of all this crazy stuff going on, maybe read J.D. Vance's novel. Yeah. Have a good day, guys.